I have something that's either going to make you shit your pants in fear or anger. I'm not sure which. Okay. Uh, wait, are we recording now or? Yeah, but you oh, said okay. well, <laughs> I clicked, and I clicked it, oh, and then you sorry. said something interesting, so I didn't like, I didn't stop it. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> All right, so so welcome to the funny. I'm gonna leave that in. <laughs> as soon as I clicked, you're gonna either shit your pants. All right. Welcome to the Funny Style Podcast. I'm your host Chris Robinson. Today we have Matt Glidden and Rafiq Shaheen. So what? Yeah, now we can't start in any right. other way. Okay. What? Um. So I just recently came back from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Did you know shows and stuff like that? Did a show in North Carolina. Stopped by Atlanta on the way home to see family and stuff like that. Uh. The last time I was on here, we were talking about AI. Yeah. Guess what show I ran into in Atlanta <laughs> on my way back. What show you ran into? Yes. I have no idea. The AI comedy special. Oh, wow. Which was a chat. It was, uh, I think it was like four comics, mm-hmm. all doing jokes by chat GPT. Oh, Jesus. oh God. Okay. Right. The whole premise was ChatGPT wrote the entire special. They would each get up, do their do the jokes, and then like kind of try to riff and improve on them. Yeah. But like when you listen to them at, like out of context, you can clearly go like somebody told ChatGPT to write a John Mulaney bit. Yeah. And it got like 95% of the way there. <laughs> <laughs> and like the audience loved it really yeah like they like people were like like wooing cheering there was like one applause break and this wasn't for the comic when they were riffing this was just like the chat chat gpt yeah like the joke itself yeah are these like seasoned comics yeah more or less it's not like they just threw open micers to the wall yeah no no so like they so like definitely they had stage presence already you know, but it was one of those things of like it was done in a small theater. There was probably like 70, 80 people there. And that was one of those moments where I was like, God damn it, Chris is like <laughs> <laughs> I imagine all the weight would be on their ability to deliver the material because it's not their own written stuff. All the weight is on their stage presence. Probably and not though, because I'll be honest, there's a new there's a new wave of comedy that's becoming more popular now it's been popular over the last few years or whatever Mm. but of just drab white guy no energy delivery that audiences are now becoming like accustomed to yeah so you could just read chat gpt shit up there yeah it's like charisma comedy yeah i mean it's like your persona sells the bit more than the bit itself Yeah. yeah you know and like the the reason why I said shit your pants is because like after the show people were legit coming out of the room going like oh man I can't wait until they do the next one <laughs> and that was the moment where I was like I was already like god damn it Chris might be right <laughs> and followed up by like people are now acknowledging like oh yeah I could sit through this for a while like yeah so Ev- everything is being do. destroyed <laughs> 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 because. Well, I think so. Actually, it's not in my notes to talk about. It's in my notes to talk about on a different podcast, but whatever. Um, I also am coming to the realization that I think the audience is getting worse. Yeah. Which is a weird thing to talk about because you feel like as a comic, you're not supposed to blame the audience, you know? 
But I do think separate from comics blaming the audience to make excuses about their, you know, you just bomb. So it's like, oh, this is a shitty audience. Mm -hmm. But overall, I think the audience is getting worse. On like a sensitivity standpoint or like, like sensitivity, they're desensitized to comprehension, patience, mm -hmm. willingness to listen. Like I watched I watched this thing and, and granted, this is a lady with her political views about abortion. Mm -hmm. But she's doing this response to the abortion bit in Chris Rock's latest special. And as she's she's literally watching the bit in real time and then pausing to oh he's saying this in this moment he's saying that in that moment but she's pausing every like 10 seconds to analyze what he's saying and she's she did a whole response to the to like the so the premise and like the whole point of a joke is you take the person in one direction and take that hard left and then take the hard mm -hmm. turn yeah so she's taking the whole <sighs> premise of the joke very seriously and then also responding to the punchline like it's serious. And it's like the audience now sits and really tries to make this stuff. Like they put more pressure on comics than they put on the people on MSNBC and CNN. Mm -hmm. The people who are supposed to actually be dealing with facts and information. So, I mean, at this point, and that's why I think that chat GPT thing will work. Because I think, I, think I think we have a TikTok society where they don't care. They don't care that that is bullshit jokes made up by ChatGPT, and because even something so something as simple as you talking about John Mulaney, mm -hmm. ChatGPT could write a John Mulaney bit, but if you listen to John Mulaney's last special, I don't know if you've seen yeah, it. Yeah, I, I just yeah. finished watching. Yeah, I I I got really lucky. Me and my wife went to see it live. Oh, like okay. while he was on tour, so we saw it previous to. It That's being awesome. on Netflix. Okay, so quick question about that. The kid in the audience. The, I had heard from other comics that it was that, plant. that was a plant, yeah. Okay. It was definitely a plant. Okay, yeah. 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 But um, what gave that away, do you think? I mean, the, uh, well, I mean, it might not be a plant. Okay, because it, it there, did seem very convenient. There, the show that I went to see was okay. at um, UCF, the UCF Arena or whatever. Mm -hmm. And which, by the way, Watching a comic do an arena by himself is amazing. Like when you, one of the things that I was annoyed at, I saw I saw John Mulaney at the UCF Arena, and I saw, oh God, the No Cap Comedy Tour, which was I, of course you're not gonna know. Yeah, that, that. yeah that feels like <laughs> wait, wait, what's that supposed to mean? The No Cap Comedy <laughs> Tour feels like an AI generated <laughs> comedy. <laughs> It was uh, D. Ray Davis. So Matt, you're gonna understand what I'm D. saying. Davis okay, is, yeah. D. Ray Davis, um, Black Rob. Um, who else was on there? Um, DC Young Fly. Um, who else was on there? There was a few other ones. Chico Bean from Wildin' Out. Okay. Um, and then a couple others, and it was so interesting to see, like they had to put nine thousand black comics together. To put these tours that you, you always see these flyers for these black comedy tours and it's a million comics on the bill yeah just to sell the place out and then john mulaney shows up by himself i mean he has an opening act yeah. there's just john mulaney in a suit and the same arena packed and and this is just this is just stereotypes but 
the no cap comedy tour i swear to god me and my wife showed up on time worried that we were going to be like oh man the show like we're going to get there at eight and the show's supposed to start at eight so we might miss some things mm-hmm. didn't start till like nine thirty, <laughs> even though the like flyers said eight o'clock cpt very yeah yeah <laughs> very <laughs> and then throughout the night it took i'm not exaggerating and maybe this is why they do it this way three comics in before the arena actually filled up because they said the show was sold out whoa and i was like wow there's like nobody in here and then 40 minutes into the show black people started to trickle into the <laughs> room <laughs> oh my God. that feels like somebody took the cellar and just made it like a live event <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> yeah it was just so weird but um yeah no, it was definitely a plant because well either that or somebody's bound to show up to a john mulaney show with a kid just because it's john mulaney right mm-hmm. and if you look at clips it, it yeah it would have to be kid friendly very yeah. convenient though yeah. because the same exact the same crowd work with the kid mm-hmm. the same everything at the live show you went at the to? live show that i went to and the kid was like right up front off to the side in the corner if you watch the special the kid's like right up front but like on the balcony on the side in the corner so you mm-hmm. have the insight because you were at the live show yeah, was yeah, it yeah. 13 was it the same kid like the same name and everything or um i think it was a different name but i think the age was about the same yeah 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 and i think that it i think what was cool about watching him do it live was you got to understand oh he's preparing to talk about all of this mm-hmm. publicly yeah. when this you know airs right. you know and it so back to the the chat gpt thing chat gpt could write probably any other john mulaney special but what chat gpt could never do is tell you the story of his life right and how all of these things affected his comedy affected his personal life his career yeah. all of that and that's in every single special so i think what it will it will somewhat do is vastly separate the sort of surface level comedians mm-hmm. from the greats hmm. because at, at this point freaking matt glidden could just go to chat GPT <laughs> <laughs> and be like give me an hour of you know jesus <laughs> skater white boy material (laughs) (laughs) and boom right yeah but what it will never be able to do is i mean one of the things that one of my favorite specials is the i don't remember what it's called but you see the dave Chappelle one where he's it's one that it's one of the ones that he had recorded himself and netflix bought Mm. it wasn't one that netflix actually produced Okay. And it was he's seating he's sit seating. He's sitting in a stool in this sort of tighter comedy club. It's when he does that whole um the iceberg slim, that whole pimp thing. Oh, okay. That one. Okay. So and is this like before equanimity and Yeah. Bird? Like all in that. Yeah. And the way that he tells an entire complete story. And brings in all these different cultural references, mm-hmm. right? To to metaphorically explain the decisions that he made about his own career, ChatGPT is not going to be able to do that, right? Um, yeah. So I mean, I think the machine is never going to be able to replicate the specifics. You know, not talking about Matt again, but I mean, like <laughs> Matt talking about having three kids 
you know, the machine is never going to be like, oh, every generic white dude on stage has <laughs> three kids by <laughs> a Puerto Rican woman. It's guess, not going you know, like, <laughs> to. Yeah. They can take generic parent jokes, though. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. oh, my kid drives me crazy. Uh, you know, but. Which the thing is, that thing kind of already exists. Like if you want, if you want to go it's out, hack. yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like. that, it, it already exists, so it's not. It's bad. It's bad because it's gonna it's gonna allow hacks to really run rampant, right? Because um, there's a thing that happens with hacks where they get they don't get good fast, but they get passable fast. Yeah. Because they're just doing shit that we've all heard before. You know? They're, they're taking material that's been worked on and they're getting that little head start. That exactly. So they might start, they might go from starting as a brand new comic to getting to the feature level crazy fast. And then it stops there. The tortoise and the hare yeah. scenario. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're just... They're just regurgitating old things that everyone's heard before. We've yeah. seen a couple people at open mics doing that. Yeah. <laughs> the, the worrying part about that, though, is like, let, let's say that course does happen. If everyone suddenly hits feature level, <laughs> exactly. that means that, you know, when you're trying to talk to a club to be like, hey, I deserve more than 25 bucks for hosting a show, they're going to be like, there's literally 50 people that will Tonight. take that 25 bucks. <laughs> right, who yeah. will take that 25 bucks. Oh, oh you, want, you want to know what will really start to happen? <laughs> the managers of comedy clubs, because you, you see this where comedy clubs, like a lot of the times with the comedy clubs owned by a comedian, the owner of the club will host, right? Mm -hmm. So they, they don't really use hosts because the owner of the club is a comic, so they can just get up and host. You think that comedy clubs like the Improv or whatever won't just grab the guy working the door <laughs> and give him 10 minutes of chat GPT material and throw him up God. and he's getting paid, you know, whatever minimum wage he's getting paid anyway and just yeah. keep it rolling. Yeah. This is going to eliminate a lot of stuff. Where I think it will be useful, and I've, I, I shouldn't even say this because this is, again, it's against the artistic integrity of comics, but if you're the guys doing like weddings and cruise ships mm. where the hack shit is is bread and butter is right? bread and butter yeah. anyway yeah and those guys make a lot and of money on those cruise ships <laughs> 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 I, I feel like tomorrow just be like uh, chat GPT give me 45 minutes of cruise ship yeah. friendly comedy <laughs> right. material <laughs> and then get right on the phone with Carnival Cruises <laughs> so I, I can mean, sell it yeah 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 it's bad. I'm going on a cruise in June, mid-June, yeah. and I'm, I'm going to see how the comedy is. Oh, so it's a Disney cruise, but I've seen comedy on oh. Disney cruise before. So, oh, you have? Yeah, right. It's going to be family-friendly to all Happy. get out. No, it's adult, it's adult, like, late night. They swear Even a little bit. Even then, it's, it's going to be. two shows, yeah. Yeah. right? And Disney is very good about separating the kiddie stuff from the adult stuff, so the adults still enjoy. Yeah, themselves. Disney Triple X. You know, yeah. we all got that subscription. Yeah, exactly. yeah. That's <laughs> 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 they just turned the plus on its side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so I'm that's looking forward to be... see that perspective because I've heard a lot about it, but I haven't actually seen it. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard Disney is the easiest one to get fired from. Yeah, but they pay the most. I heard oh, yeah. Disney comics make thousands and thousands oh, of dollars oh, a yeah. show a cruise i mean yeah. a cruise 
Yeah. The the waiters they they designate a set of waiters to a stateroom, like to a group, to a family. Mm-hmm. So any restaurant you go to that you're they follow you around. set for, yeah. Holy shit. So <laughs> you're scheduled to go to this restaurant on this dinner night, this restaurant on this dinner night, and your same waiters will be at each one wow. all the way through. And they get paid mad money on top of tips. Because they learn to like you. Yeah, and you get that, God, like, relationship God, built at the end of it. they're but genius. Oh, like. <laughs> I used to date a girl, a Disney girl, who, like, she worked at as, like, a bartender yeah. uh, there. And legit, like, I was living in Tampa when I met her. She would commute from Tampa to Orlando, like, regularly on a weekend just to clean up so she could pay all her bills. Oh, my God. And it was just, like, I can't imagine. Like, I can imagine it because I did crazy shit like that. But yeah. it's, like, imagine working one weekend and be like, I'm good for the month. I'm good for the month. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's interesting. I did um actually, I did a. Uh, my wife got passes to the like unlimited passes to Universal. Nice. Which I was like, yay! The hopper passes mm, where you can go islands in Universal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, because she got one for me too. Right. So now there's no excuse. Uh, like, yeah. I have <laughs> unlimited <laughs> Universal. Oh, you're not a big Harry Potter fan. <laughs> Well, actually, I am, dude. But it's it's I'm not. All right, so here's. I don't know why. Whenever <laughs> I get like a mixed group, it always ends up in a racial conversation. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but black people and white people are not fans yeah, of Harry yeah. Potter the same way. Yeah. <laughs> we don't get the robes. <laughs> we don't. Right. Like, it's just a different energy. Well, I mean, if you yeah, if you're talking about like community wise, like we have very bad experiences of white dudes in robes showing up. <laughs> <For> like, <racism. laughs> you're fairly underrepresented during the whole series too, so that helps. But yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, that, well, it makes sense though because it, it, it was supposed to. Have happened back in like london back in the day yeah that's about right they probably didn't let black kids <laughs> go to that school right. <laughs> one kid in the whole series i think but yeah, um, just a bunch of harry potter parents pulling their kids out but what was interesting was they do all of these shows that aren't necessarily rides like they we did this like horror one mm-hmm. the jason Bourne one's actually cool as shit I have, I have to give my wife credit. Yeah. It's have you seen it? No, I've seen the horror one, but not the Jason. Bourne the one. Jason Bourne was crazy. So it's it's so imagine there's imagine a a, a stage like there's a play. Mm. It's basically a Jason Bourne play, but they're mm. doing fake fighting, and the screen. But there's a whole screen behind the entire thing that is like 8K. So when they put a background behind him, it's not like a cheesy shitty background it looks like he's standing in the desert or whatever because the screen is so good yeah then in right in front of the screen they have again how a play would have like large props that make an environment Mm -hmm. this thing it's on some type of track clearly yeah because so let's say there's a guy walking the guy's playing jason Bourne. he's walking and the screen behind he's walking in place but the screen behind him is moving as though he's moving mm-hmm. and then three-dimensional props that are like this like the size of a table and a car are moving on a track past him so from, from where you're sitting watching it's like you're just watching a guy walking and the mm-hmm. entire environment is moving past you okay and yeah. then people jump out of doors and try and kill him and he's got to fight them and then they have they have um prop guns that are clearly but they're shooting fireworks they're not it's it's not like 
sound, yeah. you can smell the gunpowder. Oh. Mm-hmm. So they're actually firing these prop like blanks. guns. Blanks, yeah. 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 And dudes are jumping out of like car trunks with AR-15s and shooting at the guy and he's got to dive over shit. It's it's really cool, actually. Nice. <laughs> I was really annoyed going to Universal, and then after I was, I was like, "All right, this is kind of <laughs> cool." <laughs> <laughs> but the the horror show thing—I don't know who did it when you saw it, but it's one of the things I was thinking about is has many different things as comments can do. Because I was watching the horror show thing, mm-hmm. and you can tell a, a, somebody had to punch up that whole presentation. Yeah, yeah. they got to keep it interesting by making it funny here and there. Yeah. I mean, the people performing, and I'm like, oh, these people are probably comics. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't know that they are, but the way that they're doing it, well, I guess they're in Orlando, so I guess if they were comics, we'd probably know about them. Yeah, they're probably actors, maybe, yeah. living in the comics. Yeah, well, I'm, so there, there's like a weird blend between, like, are you a comedian or are you a comedic actor? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And, like, the, there are two groups that, like, cycle kind of past each other. But like never really touch, you know. It's like that weird point on a Venn diagram of mm-hmm. like, oh, these two borders rub up against each other, and every <laughs> once in a while, like, if you look in real close, there might be an overlap, but like not really, you know. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. Like the Jungle Cruise, yeah. You go on, the guy's got to do his lines mm-hmm. and make little riff jokes that he's been doing all day, yeah. right? The whole <laughs> loop, you know. Maybe spin it up a little bit here and there, but he's got to write his own material because yeah. it's different on each boat. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like there's got to be a way for comics to more so tap into that kind of thing. Yeah, I think. Well, so like one of the things I did while I was up in Atlanta was like I did audition for like a bunch of like extra parts and stuff like that. And like a lot of times when you do go out for that, they it's kind of this look of like, do you fit into this role? Like, do we need somebody? And also, it's like. Do if they you're need a guy that runs like a halal stand, <laughs> right? Yeah, you know what I mean. It's like, but it's like they're gonna get like twenty guys that look like that. But if you're just a little bit more interesting during like the read or like whatever directions they're gonna give you, like if you are a little bit funnier, you are more likely to get that spot. You know, because it's like everything in life. It's like, oh, do we like this dude? You know, like, how tall is he? Mm. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> no, legit. Like, yeah. the, the the number of times I've been in a room where it's like, you can hear them talking, like, through a door, and they're like, oh, that last guy was, like, 6'5". Like, that's a, that's a good fit. And it's like, the fuck does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, so let me ask you this. How did you, how did you come upon what you were doing in Atlanta? And how did it go? Like, just kind of break down what you were doing out there. Oh, so, like, I went and I did, like, a, a one-nighter in North Carolina because, like, I got I got hired for, like, a tech company that was basically doing, like, an employee appreciation thing. And it was just one of those, like, hey, we need a host. And I was like, I'll host for money. <laughs> like, well, real me, money. All right, money. let me start you there. Uh, <laughs> let me start you there. So, was that like a gig salad thing or no uh, that was arranged through friends because okay. basically one of my friends up there was like oh hey i can't do this can you like do you uh, okay. take it and i was like all right cool like thanks for looking out <laughs> i'll suck your dick a little bit like that <laughs> like, <laughs> we're, uh, we're gonna bring that conversation sure up right. <laughs> not, not the big second part but, uh, <laughs> the the conversation about your friend uh, referring you but right. yeah keep going um 
so I went up there and I did that and I have family that lives in Atlanta and I know a bunch of people in Atlanta you know so on the way back I was like let me stop by my sister wants to go on vacation you know that's where I can spend time with my mom and the rest of the family and you know hopefully book some shows and do some things while I was out there and you know like Atlanta's becoming a bigger hub for acting and stuff like for that sure. so I I talked to a couple of you know friends who are into acting and you know one of them uh like she's she literally just moved up to Atlanta so she could be closer there for work so it became a like hey you know that list of things I sent you, yeah. like all the casting agency. Like she's the one that gave that to me. Oh, okay. So, uh, shout out to Aniria and JoJo. Um, but you know, uh, on the way up and back, I just went online basically to all these casting agencies, and I was like, "Hey, what's being booked in this area at this time? Like, what can I go to? What can I show up for?" So. Once I had that on lock, it was, you know, okay, cool, hit North Carolina, come back to Atlanta, you know, go out to, like, a couple of shows or events, you know, see comics that I know in the area, and then, like, during the day, it was like, all right, wake up, <clears throat> go out for this audition, come back home, go out to this open mic, or go out to this <laughs> show, you know, like, go to sleep at, like, 4 o'clock in the morning, wake up, go, <laughs> like, yeah, so... That's very cool. So what kind of parts were you auditioning for? Oh, I'm legit just somebody's fat, funny friend. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, no, that checks out. That's so, it. Yeah, <laughs> like, so I was I was just going for, like, all the extra work. Because, like, extra work's really not that bad if you can get it. You know, it's like, okay, it's one thirty for, like, 12 hours. <clears throat> and if you go over, then they have to pay you overtime anyway. So it's like, okay, cool. So one hundred and thirty dollars for twelve hours. It, it that's how long you're gonna be on set. Maybe no. oh, that's that's rough, right? But that's the thing. It's like you're not gonna be like acting the whole time or yeah. doing anything the whole time. It's mm -hmm. like, oh, cool, you showed up and then you spent five hours waiting around for somebody to go like, uh, you, you look like you could be the fat dude at a resort, like. <laughs> Jeez. What do you look like in these pants? No, go go back to the fucking waiting pool, asshole. Damn. Like, <laughs> you know, and, you know, but, like, when you go for, like, specific things, they will be like, oh, we need resort attendance, so you have to look between this and this, or, like, um... Yeah, I've seen those um, yeah. casting sheets on, like, Facebook groups and stuff. Yeah, mm -hmm. one, one of the ones I was looking at, to like, today, before I got here, was, uh, because I was debating about going back up uh, sometime next month was legit like we're looking for like cops and pedestrians <laughs> you know it pays 250 plus do you have to be covid tested and then it was like all right does this work or does this not work and then it was like eh, i don't know if it would be worth it to go all the way to atlanta to audition for like two roles yeah, to and maybe get two fifty. You know what I mean, like. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that there's which, which by the way, every comic listening, I think you should one thousand percent. So what I started looking into is all these different Facebook groups, because mm. every every city right will have like there's like an Orlando casting call Facebook group, and I understand as comics, you know, like me, I'm a comic that doesn't necessarily want to do acting, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but. If something comes up that will then benefit my comedy career, 
just to have that credit, then it's definitely something that I would pursue. Right. You know? Well, that's the yeah. reason why I do the extra stuff is because it's like, oh, cool. I can claim to be in a movie yeah, if it really became yeah. right. Yeah, exactly. Like, as seen on HBO, <laughs> and just leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> I know a lot of comics that like. <laughs> I was walking across the street in the background of an ABC News report, and now as seen on <laughs> Channel Seven. <laughs> but no, it, it it it's it's weird, but it makes a difference. Yeah, it's weird, but it makes a difference. Like comedy clubs, I've had comedy clubs tell me before, like, you know, we think you're writing a headline, but you just need more credits. Yeah. You know? Wow. Absolutely. Yeah, because so, they need they need something that they can put on the flyer to entice people to come yeah, right. to see you. And if you know, I've I've gotten it together because I've ha- I have more credits than I talk about. Mm-hmm. So, but what I realize is me trying to be cool and not be braggy about the stuff that I've done benefits me nothing. Yeah, right. because what matters is people knowing what those credits are. So I actually made a I don't know if you see I'm like on my Facebook page the the head the head banner or whatever mm-hmm. is a picture of me with my phone number email address and then the logos from every single thing I've ever been on across the bottom so that anybody booking can can no longer tell me oh well you need yeah X Y and Z this <coughs> many credits right exactly so okay. it's yeah that's that to me that is the most difficult thing in comedy and that's probably the one thing that hinders my career as a whole like you and i have talked about this before but it's just like the fact of like i just really need to pay someone like a hundred bucks to be like hey just you go talk to the people because i'm apparently too shy to do show do so you know what i mean like yeah. uh, you can take 60 percent of my living i guess in exchange for <laughs> me not having to do any, any of, of that the like, work. <laughs> yeah no, I'm 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 learning a lot about doing the legwork, um, and how important it is. It it's almost it's equally as important as every other part of it. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of the difference. That's the reason why some few people actually make it because there's so many elements. There's the getting good at comedy part, which is very hard. <laughs> <laughs> then there's the you know developing relationships part, which is hard. Yeah. And then there's the physical act of getting out there, which is know? hard. Which is hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like I had a, um, <laughs> so I'm curious to see, especially Matt, because you're like a new comic, Brand, yeah. So you probably get a lot of this. I had a conversation with somebody at a show I was working this past weekend, um, and I have a few topics that came from that. But we had a a guy who had never done stand up before, but wants to, mm-hmm. and is like super passionate about the fact that he wants to. And as the comics were like having a conversation he was like jumping into the conversation Ugh. all the time mm-hmm. and what i realized was there are two categories there are people that have been on stage and people who have not yes and it doesn't matter if you've been on stage once you've at least proven that you've had the balls to get on stage like yeah. when you're talking to comics it's a massive step yeah it's a massive step and yeah. I, I don't think people who've never actually done it realize how vital a step that is mm-hmm. because any comedian will gladly sit and talk shop with you if you're like oh, i've done it three times and i'm trying to figure out blah blah blah, blah. All right Right. If you go, I've never been on stage, but I really think I watched Joe Rogan. I've yeah, seen all the yeah, specials like, on Netflix. We don't give a fuck about <laughs> yeah. it. Like, it just doesn't. Like, oh, so you're an audience member? Yeah, like, yeah. It's like, like, but what's weird is with stand up. Stand up is the only thing where people feel comfortable doing that. 
Yeah. Like, you wouldn't walk through the airport and see, like, a table of pilots having a conversation. And jump in. And then <laughs> jump in and go, like, dude, Top Gun is my favorite movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Be like, what the fuck? Nobody cares. I was like, have you ever played Flight Simulator Flight before? Simulator, like, it's so, <laughs> so realistic, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Comedy's, yeah, the comedy's the only place. Did you guys have that argument, uh, like, terminology-wise of, like, do you use the word civilian or not? No, the civilian. That's such a weird. Call a non-comic a civilian. That's weird. I've I've had that conversation a number of times. Of like, do you call non-comics civilians or not? That's weird. That's almost like that conversation where like where some guys will call women females. And it's like it's technically correct, but yeah. that sounds weird. Yeah. Right? It's called like, it's like non-comic soft. civilians. <laughs> what like, are you a, a like veteran because you're a comic? Well, so, <laughs> yeah. so that's so that's kind of where like the terminal, at least in my understanding, the terminology came from, is because it was like, are you a veteran of comedy? Cool. Are you not a veteran of comedy? Yeah. You're a civilian. Comics got to fucking relax. You know? and yeah. That's the terminology <laughs> that we're trying to get people to use. Stolen Valor. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's that's weird. I don't. Let me see your credits. (laughs) I mean, so it's definitely one of those things to your point of like, if you haven't been on stage before, you know, there's definitely a big portion of me that like hears you talking and lets it go past me yeah yeah <laughs> because i go like uh-huh sure okay cool yeah great they, they all lack right. perspective like, <laughs> that's all it is you know what i mean it's like yeah you know it's like the number of times someone going like oh yeah man you know if i got up there i'd do this and it's like then do it yeah. <laughs> like, yeah either do it or don't yeah we actually have uh an audience member who's been coming out to the beachside retro and uh her mom has been going up on stage and she's been wanting to go on stage but she hasn't she's a big fan of comedy and I was like, all right, I'll tell you what. You bring me two jokes next week. I'll look them over with you. I'll tag them up. And she's like, no, I'm not going to do it. I said, if you do it, I will show you the first recording I have of me going on stage. It's five <laughs> minutes of silence. It's so cringy. But I, I have not showed it to anyone. I will show it to you if you bring me two jokes next week. And she came back next week and said, I got five minutes. I want to go up on stage. She went up on stage. She did well. I show, I got through two minutes of it and I turned it off. I didn't show her the whole thing. It was <laughs> so bad. But she's gone up a few times now at Beachside Retro. And yeah, she's that's awesome. Perspective now. So. Yeah. But I feel like those people who are very overzealous in conversations where they have no business being is in more than just comedy. It's in a lot of different professions where people, they read a lot about it or whatever, but they don't have the actual hard experience. And they're ve- they're talking over people who have the experience and they don't realize how ignorant i don't want to say dumb because they're not dumb they're just not aware of everything that's gone into the profession they don't realize how ignorant they sound when they're like trying to cut people off and jump into conversation i think a lot of that too come like to your point about it being ignorance a lot of it comes from the fact of like especially in today's era we assume that knowledge is the same as experience and it's just you know, not at and all. like you see it on social media all the time, where it's like <clears throat> somebody arguing, it's like, well, that's not how the economy works, and then you look at the person they're arguing with, and it's like, oh, they have a PhD in economics. <laughs> 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 yeah, humility goes a long way, especially when you're new. Yeah, like I, I don't want to tell new people to to shut up and not you know express themselves, but you get so much more out of 
being humble, sitting, watching, learning, and listening, at least in the first few months, yeah. as far as what everybody's doing. And then you can tell everyone to fuck off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell the new guys. Like, step on them a little bit, you know? Yeah. Rough them up a little bit. Rub so, them up. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's just like... Verbally. That's <laughs> just take, like, new guys behind, like, a, like studio, just hitting them with a bat. Be like, How do you think I get these forearms, man? <laughs> right? like, you think you're going to get on my fucking stage, take my fucking time? <laughs> <laughs> so one thing that I did want to talk about, speaking of beating up comics, is I did... So this weekend I did a... Um, I did a, a three-headliner show, which was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. It was me... Adam Lowry that owns Madcaps, Madcaps yeah. okay. and James Yon. Okay. It was the three of us. Okay. We each did a half hour. That was the show. Well, James, I think James is like 45. James went up there for a while. Yeah. But um, James was, got time to burn. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. James, James <laughs> would probably get up and do an hour and a half, two hours yeah. comfortably. But when I was, I was talking to Adam, and we were having conversations about, I don't know if you remember a while back, Adam posted about the structure at Madcaps. Mm-hmm. And, oh, we're trying to do this thing where... And he was explaining, like, he wants to farm headliners. He wants to figure out, all right, who's a strong feature in our area and how can we build them up to where we can now give them their first weekend to headline, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. the club. Um, And what was interesting was, if you guys remember, in all of... A lot of these comedy... Like, comedy Facebook groups, that got posted, and then it was a bunch of comics talking shit and complaining (sighs) in the comments just about like oh well you know we think that there should be pay for this and there shouldn't be pay for that and this and that and then the other and what i think comics don't realize is number one nobody gives a fuck about your opinion number one yeah first of all let's be very clear you should learn as a comic yeah <laughs> that's like half the yeah. point yeah you're on stage yeah you don't give a fuck about yeah. your opinion like, so <laughs> this complaining under like even if you even if that is your stance yeah right even if that's your stance Number one, it's not going to change anything. Do you think you complain and then all of a sudden now, oh, we're going to make sure that, you know, Matt Glidden, who, who shitted on me on Facebook, is going to work for the club because, you know, I don't want to upset Matt Glidden, uh, right? <laughs> I, I'm sorry to use Matt, but no, you know what I mean? It's, it's more like, people. I yeah. know what it is. <laughs> so it's like, you know, where do these comics get this idea that just bitching constantly on social media is gonna get well. I, I don't think I don't think they're interested in getting anywhere. Is probably what it is. I think that goes back to what you were talking about earlier, though, about like the building relationships part, because mm-hmm. like that's clearly that's a skill they're lacking in. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you can't, you know, and you see it all the time. You, like you, comics will go out someplace, and instead of being like, "Oh yeah, you know," like it's not for me. They'll be like, this is fucking terrible. Nobody should work this room. Yeah. What a bunch of assholes. <laughs> and then you're just like, okay, cool. I'm not with him. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I don't want to drive two hours for this, but like, I'm also not going to say no if you come back with pay. You yeah. know, like. And I've been burned on so many things, and it it never occurs to me to go to Facebook and like blast it all <laughs> over the place. Public record. Yeah. It just doesn't <laughs> make any sense. I don't see how that would benefit them at all. It doesn't. And what they lose track of is people move around. Mm-hmm. So like, let's say, so for example, I, I love Adam's my favorite example. Cause it's something that just, I mean, it, you got to watch it from start to finish. Adam started as a comic, obviously, well, he's been doing comedy before he was here, but mm-hmm. when he started here, he was a comic. And a bunch of people treated him like shit. 
and now he owns two comedy clubs. <laughs> and now the people that are talking that were talking shit about him as a comic are begging him to work at his two comedy clubs. Kissing butt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like that's gonna happen across the board. You could be like, Oh, I think I hate Rafiq because whatever, right? And five years from now, Rafiq is the manager of a comedy club somewhere. And because it, you could hate Rafiq, right? <laughs> I, I, I like using you guys <laughs> videos. <laughs> you could hate Rafiq, hate his guts, but never say anything. Yeah. Still hate him. Enjoy enjoy hating him. Not mm-hmm. just just don't talk to him. Just don't deal with him. Right. And then five years from now, he's the general manager at the Improv, and you can go to him and ask him for a gig, mm-hmm. and still hate him. But you still get the gig because you have that in you know because you have it in you. you know each other yeah they, but what they do is if i hate rafiq i'm gonna go on the orlando all new comedy scene and t- post a whole thing talking shit about rafiq mm-hmm. and then now rafiq burn is the bridge yeah they comics burn to, to give you an example <laughs> it straight up what you're talking about yeah. there is a comic that i know who they we're running a show at this terrible bar uh, for a while and completely disagree with all their views, completely disagree <laughs> with most of them as a person, right? Hate their face. And, but they offered me like a feature set on more than one occasion and I said yes on more than one occasion because in my mind I was like, I just don't want you to have that money. <laughs> like, that was That was it. It was like, Hey man, this is gonna be a terrible bar show, you know. But like, real talk, I know if I don't do this, you're probably just gonna put yourself in the feature spot, and I don't want you to have that extra like hundred and twenty dollars at the end of the month. Like, <laughs> on top of it, that's a night that you're doing a feature set instead of five minutes at an open mic. Yeah, you're getting that time to run your you know 20 25 minutes whatever right. you do for a feature set on on the flip side of that too there are comics out there who like i genuinely love to work with them and mm-hmm. they've come back to me and been like hey man i got a feature set that only pays like 75 bucks mm-hmm. and it's like yeah dude i will drive like two hours to do like this terrible bar show because they're easy to work with yeah yeah you know what <laughs> i mean it like, goes a long way man it goes a very, very long way. Yeah. And then you don't go shit talk them on a public forum. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I still don't understand that. You know what that is? That's a generation of participation trophy kids. <laughs> I love the fact that you can do that with the accent and it feels right and for it you. Blows, yeah, blows <laughs> Let me tell you how much family I got in the Naples and Immokalee. <laughs> And I like that. I like that. He was like, Mark Andrews was eating the microphone, and then he screamed. Oh, did I get you? Participation trophy. Screamed into the microphone. Did that, did that yeah, was that too close? Fine. All right, so this is the threshold right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. I'm going to sit back where I was. But, but we, yeah. No, like, to, I'm sorry. Uh, to your point, though, like, the you see it all the time where it's like people will post in these groups and complain and stuff like that, and it's like, this is the reason why it's so difficult to get comics to start an open mic or start a room or, you know, like build up a thing because you go, okay, cool. I found a bar that's willing to let us perform, you know, and like I put this w- once a month 
open mic together and comics will show up and be like man fuck this bar fuck this free food fuck these free drinks yeah the uh, the audience is shitty they didn't like me doing like 12 rape abortion jokes in a row <laughs> like what a bunch of like assholes and it's just like yeah have, dude. You, have <laughs> you seen the, the i'm always watching the orlando group because it's it's more active than ours because we just don't have that many comments yeah but um there's one where i think it's called like love con or something like that there's somebody who's putting on shows in orlando and they a decent room it looked like a pretty big room um unpaid right um but the the person who's running it was like hey i'm trying to build it and in the future it would probably pay once we get proof of concept mm-hmm. right and when i tell you it was a shit storm of just like this is exploitation of the artists and thank you don't do the show i personally no longer work for free unless it is like a new area or a very specific booker that i want to work with yeah. and mm-hmm. i just want to do the one show to prove what i can do and then you never get you get one for, like i'm like spider-man from family Guy. everybody gets one <laughs> and then that's it Peter. i will never work for free ever again yeah and it's i saw that it, I was looking at it, I was like, wow, this is a really good venue. They uh-huh. do a really good job with the pictures and the promotion. Yeah. So this will probably be something in the future. I'm not going to do it because it's free, but I'm going to keep my eye on that. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of people who've shit-talked this person who's just trying to start something, right? And if it does take off, all right, well, then now you're not going to ever get booked there. Yeah, right. Because you treated that person like, complete shit and then the other thing is these groups are starting to get as you as we grow right these facebook groups are starting to get people that aren't comics joining those facebook groups yeah it'll be people that maybe own a restaurant that are considering putting a comedy show in their restaurant so they join the group to try and kind of get a feel See for what what's out there is like and they say hey guys i have a restaurant what if we did a free comedy show and then go fuck yourself times 10,000 comments. That's exploitation of the artists. That's one thing I actually really appreciate about the Tampa comedy Facebook group is like the mods who run that have made it explicitly clear it's like this is not for non-comics oh really yeah Yeah. (laughs) like they like they capped their number at 666 because they (laughs) love it but they will routinely go through and like purge people if it's like do you not live in this area anymore get the fuck out are you like a booker and not a comic get the fuck out are you you know that's weird to me though i feel like that's non-productive well, so the the whole point of the group is to be like, this is where we can have comedy conversations oh, okay. with comics. Okay. So would they you have know. a separate group that would That's kind the of business the business side other. of it? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. there are other Tampa Bay groups where it's like, oh, are you a booker and you're looking for... Yeah, because you want to link the venues with the You know comics. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, like a comic will post up and be like, hey, I'm trying to produce blank, blank, and blank. Yeah. You know, like, does anyone... Like, is this interesting to anyone? And it's like cool at least this is comics shit talking (laughs) amongst (laughs) comics as opposed to you know what you were saying of like oh are you like a restaurateur trying to feel out the waters of comedy (laughs) you know like 
cool. We don't have to worry about, like, we said something to the wrong Bob. Yeah. And got blacklisted <laughs> at, like, five clubs. But you the know? other thing that people don't realize, and comedy creates this weird, all these weird dynamics that happen. But one of the things that I find interesting is a lot of people, and I have, you know, people I know that do this type of shit. You'll have the owner of the venue, just by the nature of running a comedy show somewhere, mm-hmm. the owner of the venue is most likely a 40-year-old plus mm-hmm. millionaire that owns this venue, wherever your comedy show is. Mm-hmm. Even if it's like a dive bar, those people are usually pretty successful to own a dive bar. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And what happens is a lot of comics, outside of the fact that they do comedy, are fucking bums (laughs) in life. (laughs) So you have these arguments between a successful person and a comic without a pot to piss in Mm -hmm. that has no idea how to speak to people in a professional way. Mm Mm-hmm. And so we have to me we have to be careful as comics because when we go out there we're we're representing like the art form, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So if you come out there and I mean, I've seen it so many times, it's like some kid who's a who's a, a a barista all day, then goes to a venue and is trying to run a show, and the owner maybe gives him a hard time. And then it's like, fuck you, you don't know nothing about blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, I put myself in the position of the person receiving this, right? And it's like, am I going to sit here and take shit from some 22-year-old kid that smells like bubblegum vape and low <laughs> hair on a bicycle <laughs> because he thinks he's an artist? <laughs> fuck this kid, you know? Well, th- this is where you start running into that problem between, like, the artist and like the corporation in general and like the arts <laughs> where it's like down to lacking perspective i mean yeah. we're full circle back to lacking perspective again they don't yeah. see big picture like that room you were talking about the free room if they were to go and do that free room and it becomes something bigger it can do exactly what pineapples has done where it's got a pro show going now yep every what once a month on thursdays mm-hmm. for now and that's where you, you know, investments long term. Right. And yeah. what people remember is how you treat them. Yep. So, for example, Adam, he was, um, before he had his club, he was running shows. And then he started a club with some people and that didn't work out. And he went, you know, elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Through From the very beginning, I treated Adam with respect. And, like, we get along really well. And it's always fun when I do that stuff. Yep. When he opens his club, the the first Madcaps club, the first weekend, he called me to feature for Dina Napolitano his opening weekend. Whoa. People remember how you treat them. Yeah. And if you're an entitled little shit, they remember that equally. In fact, they remember it more because it's significant yeah. in their brain. Yeah. Be be kind to the people you meet on the way up because you'll meet them on the way down. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think I've heard that before. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> speaking of, so now I'm, I'm now going to actually kind of say the opposite of what I've been saying. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to completely be a hypocrite. Um, one thing I wanted to talk about. So I, the show I did with um, Adam and James John this weekend was run by Jenny Gonzo. Mm-hmm. Okay. She's going to be a really, really great person to get to know in the next 
six months. I mean, she is now because they run two rooms okay. that I know of, and I think they're adding more. Mm-hmm. But her dad, and I'm going to try and get her on the podcast as soon as possible. Her dad has been running comedy shows in New York since the 70s, like okay. New York, New Jersey area. And they have a business. So that literally, Yeah, it's a legacy thing. Mm-hmm. And her dad is still actively doing this. So literally for 40-plus years, they've been running comedy shows. Okay. And then she moved down here to Central Florida, and now she's starting to run these shows. But it was really cool, and you, you start to have these experiences when you start to <laughs> deal with more serious people. <laughs> Um, so before the show, we went out and had dinner and, um, her and her partner that she runs the shows with, um, they bought me dinner and we kind of hung out and talked about comedy and what's happening. And one of the part of the conversation we got into was the pricing Mm -hmm. and that, and then actually after the show, we talked with James Young about kind of the same thing. There's a lot of pricing for comics or the pricing, the the pricing for the audience when they come out to shows. And one of the dangers that we have around in Central Florida is there's a lot of comedy shows that you can go into for free. Yeah. And it's becoming a problem. The reason why it's a problem is because, and it's, it's, it's a hard thing to, to, to reconcile because you have new comics like yourself mm-hmm. who want stage time. Mm-hmm. And it's very, very hard in this area at least to get people to pay to come to an open mic yeah yeah you know what i mean it's very hard to do that are there any paid open mics oh around the country absolutely okay, yeah i mean here but no. here not so much yeah. because the audience has been trained that you can come in for free oh the unapology show that's that's yeah. the paid open mic that we have yeah yeah it's a paid open yeah. mic right and yeah. now you said people are now starting to pack that place out yeah it's yeah. slowly it's building more yeah. and more it, exponentially it, so especially when it comes to like pay and like rooms and stuff like that you know you train your audiences as you go and it's one of the difficult things in comedy in general is establishing like this thing we are about to do has value. Yep. Yeah. It's not just a group of assholes talking into a mic, even though it is just a group of assholes talking into <laughs> yeah. a mic. But, like, you know, we've shaved off, hopefully, like, the rougher edges to make this palatable. Yeah. You know, so even if it's just, hey, this is $5, mm-hmm. you know, like, when you establish a show or a venue or a thing, you know, you have to have a conversation with the venue to be like, what is your aim here? Yeah. You know, like when I haven't done this in forever. I, uh, let's broaden that a little bit. I've never really done this. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, like I've had some conversations with venues before about like, oh, you know, like, what are you looking for? You know, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. But like the thing that I'm working on now, there's a conversation of like at what price point does this change from success to failure yeah right because i go like if it's if it's a established amount you know we can say hey the people we are bringing here are nationally touring comics they are professionals they deserve to be paid a, a fee for what they do yeah but arguing that price point of like Eh, are we charging $25? Are we charging $30? Are we charging $15? You know, like, is something that you have to have with a conversation both with yourself and with the venue to be like, uh, what are we achieving? 
Yeah. yeah. And I mean, the, the, the where I think that that's super important, and this is where I think the, the battle becomes, is, and I'm... I have my own personal crusade about this where I get angry about it and it's 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 unfair but there are career comics and there are hobby comics. Mm-hmm. There are comics who are actively trying to get good at this because they want to make money doing it mm-hmm. and they want to mm-hmm. be successful doing it. And then there are people who just want to go out on a Friday night and tell some dick jokes and hang out to a captive audience that can't to a captive <laughs> audience that <laughs> they can't walk away, right? And what I th- what I think is dangerous is when when the hobby comics are allowed to come to the forefront mm-hmm. because what ends up happening is things like people get accustomed to going to shows for free. Yeah. Right. So for example, I mean to me, I think everything, whether it's an open mic, no matter what it is, and uh, easy for me to say because I don't run rooms, but five dollars. Because five dollars for somebody to come in is next to nothing. I mean, mm-hmm. the only person who's going to be turned away by five dollars to walk in the door are the people you don't want in the, the audience. You don't <laughs> want in there anyway. You know what I mean? Um, the yeah. p- the problem with that comes from the venue. Yeah. Because the venue wants just everybody in the door as possible. Because yeah. if you come in and you buy one drink, that's one drink that they sold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's hard to convince a venue to put a price on the door. Yeah. That's why our relationship with Muggsies is so good. They yeah. We took a Thursday where they were getting almost no business. Mm-hmm. They had karaoke going on that was not really bringing much in, and we packed that place out, and they sell food, they sell drinks, they love us there. I don't think that's going anywhere anytime soon. Now, my soon. question becomes, yeah. at what point does Muggsies become $5 to come in? Uh, Alex is discussing with them mm-hmm. doing a more structured show where we don't have some lady getting on stage talking about waffle stomping her shit down the shower drain because <laughs> that's like that's her five minutes man yeah. and it's <laughs> oh jesus christ and so actually this last thursday we had a few people show up at the show and like the first four comics maybe the first three comics but it was just one after the other after the other of just crickets yeah and a lot of people come to comedy for the first time at that open mic, yep. and that's their first impression of the Brevard comedy, comedy scene. Yep. <laughs> and so, thankfully, Jay Alvarez went on right before me, and it took him a minute, but he got him, and he crushed right at the end, and then he had warmed them up right for me to get on, and, and we kind of had him for the rest of the night after that, but it I, took a minute. I, I'm flipping you the bird because I was <laughs> in that top four, and I did well, you motherfucker. No, 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 you I, was, I was between those two motherfuckers who were off the New York guys. Like, That's what I meant. Yeah. I didn't mean you. I forgot that you were between them. <laughs> but you. even they were giving you, you kind of like, they were, they were giving you trouble. Oh, you mean the audience? Yeah, the audience. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah I but because like the they guy just who watched bef- the guy, uh, the guy before me, fucking bombed yeah. like no one's business. So I had to pull teeth he to get to them to a point where they're like, okay, it's a show. Here's he prepared he material. He started to bring them you know? back, and the next guy just threw it down the drain yeah. again. But, so those are two New York comics. You said I don't even want to. They 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 say that they're New York comics. They're okay. guys from New York. Um, can I can I tell you something? Here. That I I love. <laughs> Sorry, repeat. I want, <laughs> I want for for comics in in the state of Florida because I I have a, I have a personal beef and I love everybody so I'm not talking shit about anybody in particular. Yeah. But it annoys me every time one of our good comics moves away. 
it gets on my nerves because I think how does for example because people have this weird thing in their head about like oh you know those are New York comics or those are LA comics they must be really mm-hmm. good yeah every time I've traveled everywhere is exactly the same yeah a percentage is gonna be good a percentage is gonna be god awful mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. everybody else is in the middle and it the does b- not matter where you are the bigger the scene the more diluted it is for exactly you. right so how does a place like New York or LA become New York and LA in terms of having a scene people aren't coming there to become great comics they're coming there because that's where the entertainment industry lives yeah right so how is how is our area ever going to become its own hub if everyone who gets good leaves as soon as they get good to go to where the hub is yeah. <laughs> to go to where the hub is yeah. and I think Florida given that we have Miami and Orlando Orlando helps yeah. I, I think to your point, though, part of the issue that people face there is like just the nature of getting work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you want to get work in Florida, you do essentially have to build a hub. And most comics would rather be like, I'd much rather go to New York where there's like 40 shows on any given night yeah. that I could be a part of, as opposed to investing five years in florida and like having like a dozen shows across the state that i could possibly do <laughs> yeah you know yeah but i think I, I, yeah but i think uh, you reap the benefits of what you invest into right? yeah yeah i yeah. mean if you if you look at what's happening in miami for example there's kind of a covid brought kind of a renaissance of comedy to miami because the rest of the country was shut down mm-hmm. and people had to find somewhere where they can do. There was multiple New York comics that I know that now come down to Miami to do shows. The Schultz mm-hmm. crew was because, going down there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is their pod, I think. Yeah. So mm-hmm. my thing is, all right, well, if we consistently travel to Miami, because mm-hmm. a lot of the comics that moved out of state didn't even go to Miami. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, how are you moving? to a different state and you never bothered to go build relationships and work the clubs in Miami. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm sorry. Outside of I mean, there's <clears throat> LA, Atlanta, New York, mm. now Houston, Austin. and Chicago and, uh, and yeah, Chicago, Boston. Yeah. Right. Austin and My, Philly. And I, I would, but here's the thing though. I put Miami over Boston, Chicago and all that. And I'm going to tell you why other than like, these are comedy cities. In terms of the entertainment industry, everyone comes to Miami. People talking about going somewhere to get discovered. Mm-hmm. I think you'd have a better chance of getting discovered in Miami than you would in Boston. As a comic as or a comic. as a body, you know? Yeah. Just <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a human being. As a corpse. You know what I mean? And river. I think that so many... <laughs> I think so many people undervalue what Florida has to offer. And I think if we... A, stick together and actually build the state, mm-hmm. you know? Because, I mean, like, look, if, even if you look at Orlando, for example, mm-hmm. right? Imagine Orlando with Preacher Lawson still there, oh, man. Akeem Wood still there, Christoph Jean still there, mm-hmm. um, Benjamin Brainerd still there. Um, I know I'm missing people, but 
that's a different scene. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And I understand that those people had to maybe go and get certain things done. Mm-hmm. But in terms of your home base, and maybe that will happen in the future. Because a lot of times what happens is I'm noticing is comics will go out to New York, L.A., get famous. Make a name for themselves. Yeah. Make a name for themselves and then come back home because it's cheaper to live you know, in North right. Carolina, wherever in they're from. To, yeah. You know what I mean? In Bring comparison the fans to fans and yeah. build their hometown. Exactly. Yeah, you're, you're, so I don't think you're wrong on uh, most of this. You know what I mean? Like, I think the problem that people are kind of facing on the interim is, like, it would be great if Preacher Lawson could invest 10 years to build Florida up into, like, <laughs> the state for comedy. But preacher Lawson got to make that money somehow. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so I I understand it, like those cats going to New York and L.A. I think the other problem that the state of Florida faces is legitimately a uh, geographical logistical one because like unlike unlike the North where like everything is. Like, when you look at a U.S. map, your brain gets kind of fucked up because you go, like, oh, New York is so far away from Maryland. And it's, like, not really. It's, like, a couple hours. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas in Florida, it's, like, cool. I'm going to go from Tampa to Miami to do a show. That's going to be, like, a six-hour drive (laughs) just by itself. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And this is something that I've personally been thinking about or debating about you know because i would like more stage time obviously you know uh is building a circuit and florida doesn't really have a circuit mm-hmm. you know well, that's where I, his bus thing comes in right i i think there should be one across state there should be a circuit north that goes south. yep and then north to south i go there should be something that goes tampa orlando like Daytona or Brevard, yeah. and then there should be something that goes like Brevard, Miami, Jacksonville, Jacksonville yeah. you know, so that way it's like... And then probably Pensacola, Tampa, something on the other side right, of the state as well. You know, mm-hmm. so that way it's like when you are building your month, it's like, all right, cool, week one, I'm doing Tampa to Brevard. Right, and then week two, okay, cool. I'm doing Miami, Brevard, Jacksonville. Then week three, I'm doing Pensacola, Tampa, wherever. Mm. You know, so that way it's like cool. You know, because they say you should have like somewhere between like three and six months, but like before you return to a market area mm-hmm. yeah. in general. But I go like doing a one nighter in. Daytona or Brevard is not the same as going to the Orlando Improv twice in a month. You know what I mean? So, but we don't have that yet. As a state, we just don't have that. We don't have the capacity or the I guess you would call it like desire or like industry. No, I think that I think that I think people don't work together. I think that's really what the problem is down here. Um, I think that if people really made an effort to try and view this thing on a larger scale Mm -hmm. than just their personal thing that everybody's fussing and fighting over. Yeah. I think it completely changes. I mean, one of the things that I don't think people, again, I don't think we as Florida comics take advantage of enough is, and I'll go back to Miami because I just, 
the comics in Miami are. I I want to bring more Central Florida comics down to Miami mm-hmm. to spend some time and meet some of those comics down there because they're working, they're hustling in Miami. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of the things that I what I think that we don't as Florida comics take advantage of is, dude, Miami is one of the biggest destination cities in the world. Yeah. You know, I mean, something as simple as a comedy festival and not just, and I get it, everybody's like, oh, we're Tampa, we're Brevard, we're whatever. Dude, a comedy festival in Miami is a showcase of the state of Florida. Yeah. There's there's no way a comic from uh, upstate New York doesn't claim New York City. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. New York City is their big. Right. It's thing. like you, it's like you're in Buffalo, but you're definitely saying you're, you're from New, New York. York. Exactly. Yeah. There's yeah. no way that some comic from El Paso, <laughs> Texas, isn't like I need to spend time in Austin because Austin is Texas's central. You yeah. know what I mean? So as Florida comics, I think we need to all invest time and energy. And getting down to Miami and building some relationships because I think Miami is going to be a humongous opportunity. I mean, there's a reason why Formula One is there. So uh, let me ask you this question, yeah, just yeah. because I'm curious. And the soccer as well. Right? Yeah, that yeah. means the whole world now yeah. is looking at Miami. Yeah. But what do you think is preventing us currently from doing that? Is just that think, just us getting I just our think, own I way? I think the or? mentality. I think I think a lot of comics don't. Florida has this weird reputation. Like one one of the things that comics always talk about, like, oh, we don't get paid nothing in Florida, right? Mm. It's like, well, who determines that? Us. We could all go, hey man, open mic is five dollars. You know what I mean? Right. And then it it'll be a fight. We probably lose a few open mics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We're probably not going to be at you know. Well, let me not say any <laughs> But that would probably bar for shows as well because yeah. if yeah. an open mic's five bucks, then people are going to go, okay, if I want to see something better than an open mic, it's twenty five. Twenty five bucks. It changes the entire um, the difference. The, the difference between zero dollars and five dollars mm-hmm. is exponential. It changes everything. So I, I'll say this in my experience. So like usually when I go out to venues, I I even had like I said a set of brochures for a while. Uh, because this was like the nerdy business side of me, where I was like, you can ha- order bronze, silver, or oh, gold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Your bronze is an open mic. Yeah. These are unprofessionals. This is anyone can sign up, anyone can get up. But, you know, we're there to put on a show. Mm-hmm. You know, the quality of that show is going to vary. Your silver is your um, showcase. This is going to be four comics. They're all semi-professionals. They're all, you know, like they're getting there, but it's it's a four sh- four people doing twenty minutes apiece. They're the pick of the know, litter from the open mic, and basically. The <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, hey, your gold tier is like these are nationally performing dudes. Yeah. This is a show. Or women. This is yeah. <laughs> Dudettes. Dudettes. <laughs> uh, th- this is you know this is a ninety-minute show where you're gonna have one dude up there for forty-five minutes. Or women. Or women. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are we gonna be? One they them up on stage yeah. for I look, five minutes. One zimzer. I, <laughs> I, I watched the analytics for this podcast, and it, it, at one point it was like ninety six percent male, yeah. and now it's down to like eighty four. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right, we got some women listening. Yeah. yeah okay. Fine. Cash, cash, pulling right. numbers. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny? You say that. 
the, epi- the episode with her is when the women thing started to spike yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> all right, fine. To all the to all the ladies out there, right? <laughs> Real talk though, like as far as female comics go, like there are I know so many capital female comics who it's like the conversation I've had with them is like I literally cannot afford you to be on a stage that I would set up, but God damn it, I want to make enough money to put you on that stage. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but, like, that's the gold, like, standard. I go, gold, you know, a gold standard show should be a 90-minute solid end-to-end. Everybody on that show is fucking around and having fun but they know this is work yeah oh whereas, absolutely you know whereas your silver is like these are guys who are coming up or maybe coming down you know ladies who are at a point where it's like you might explode in six months and then we'll be talking about like oh yeah we got you on our stage before you made it big yeah remember when she was here right you know and then your open mic is just like eh, these are these are human faces who are prepared <laughs> Five minutes set. <laughs> Maybe they haven't yeah. prepared five minutes right, set. Yeah. Maybe they're just up there to bullshit for five minutes. You know. Yeah. Because I mean, I think about something as simple as, and I think th- I think there is a festival down in Miami. Um, but isn't I think it like Orange City or something like I, that? Or? Something like that. I don't remember exactly which one it is. But I mean, you think about like a Miami comedy festival, mm. and if Miami had a bunch of rooms, I mean, there's obviously there's the Miami Improv. There's a few other rooms down there. But, like, I th- I just think something like that. Or, I, I, and truth be told, Orlando's kind of the same way. We have two major travel destination cities mm-hmm. that I, I don't think we make use of the way we should. Yeah. I, I mean, I definitely think Orlando dropping the ball on that city. I mean, just in terms of, A, all that stuff should be pay $5 to get in because it changes the mentality. And then it should be we're a travel destination because so many people come mm-hmm. to like Disney with their kids. Yeah. And then at night, they're like, fuck, I've been dragging these kids around all day long. What can adults do for entertainment at night? That's yeah. why all of those things are built around Disney. There's so many bars and clubs yeah. and adult entertainment that's built around Disney. And most couples, especially married couples, don't want to go to a bar or a club. Yeah. Right. So a comedy club is kind of fits that. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, to me, I think changing the mentality of this is going to be a scrape the bottom of the barrel thing where all these shows are free and it's just you know a few local whatever. Mm-hmm. To this is a legitimate thing that you come to when you come to Orlando. Oh, you can do Disney and all this stuff, and then there's this badass comedy scene where you can go out all night every night. And there's all these venues around Disney Mm -hmm. where they're putting on these great comedy shows five nights a week. I'll be honest and say this is my personal opinion, so fucking hang me on a rope. I don't care. But, like, I think... Be careful, Matt's here. (laughs) (laughs) Matt's like, oh, hell yeah, boy! (laughs) I was waiting for someone to say that. (laughs) No, um, I think as of right now, kind of what we're talking about is something I've debated about saying for a while is like florida is currently kind of like the minor leagues of comedy but that that's what i'm which, saying which, yeah. which to your point is like we could change and there's be, no reason why it know. should be yeah you know because i think what people don't take 
take advantage of and I learned this I learned this perspective working at Gregory's Gregory's you feel like you're doing the same room in Cocoa Beach over and over and over and over again mm-hmm. but what you realize is Cocoa Beach is a tourist town and this is a brand new audience of when you go to Gregory's and you start doing crowd work hey where are you guys from where are you guys from yeah. people are like Montana overseas Alabama yeah Japan yeah. like so one of the things that Florida does have that you would need to have like so for example when you're in Boston like there's a to me there's a huge difference between New York and Boston if you're doing a comedy club in New York City there's a good chance it's people from all over the world you're performing in front of yeah mm-hmm. you're doing a comedy club in Boston it's people from Boston <laughs> right <laughs> even though Boston's a great comedy town yeah right Florida has that unique New York, LA thing where the entire state of Florida is a worldwide tourist destination. Yeah, it's an entry point. Exactly. And I don't think we're using that to the best of its ability. I mean, even something as simple as Brevard, I look at Brevard as this could easily, easily become the Portland of the Southeast in terms of the comedy scene. Mm -hmm. We have this these little eclectic towns where it's like people with a decent amount of money actually you know Bavard County's v- always voted one of the best places in the country to move to for some reason we have this giant influx of people coming from New York in particular mm-hmm. coming down to this area moving or just simmering yeah exactly yeah. yeah and it's like all right well if we change the relationship to comedy to where it's not something that happens at fucking um what was it winfields or whatever (laughs) right and it's like a shit show yeah and it's now something that happens at mugsy's and it's five dollars to get in Mm -hmm. and it's in downtown melbourne the cool part of downtown melbourne pineapples is happening in the ugali arts district which is like again the cool area of the Mm -hmm. ugali area um blind line is in coco village which is the cool part of that area and now we're starting to build this reputation of even though we're a small county and we're not we're not New York, we're not whatever, mm-hmm. it has this reputation of they have a very cool, active little scene down there where people respect comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's one thing that I notice you go to New York, New York has. You walk at the door, people wait in a lot. When I did the comedy, and again, the comedy cellar is a famous enough club to where people are coming to go to the comedy cellar. They're not coming to see... You know, they don't care who's yeah. there. Yeah, they don't care who's there. It's the comedy seller. Yeah. People stood on a line forever, paid $25 a head to walk in and see a bunch of comics you never heard of, heard of before. Yeah. Right? Then, when we walked out, there was a whole new line of fucking people outside. Oh, my yeah. God. To pay $25 to see the next lineup of comics you've never heard of before. Oh. They just keep people churning and part of the beauty of the seller in particular is just the fact of like you will see your next favorite comic that you've never heard of mm-hmm. right after dave Chappelle drops <laughs> in to do you know and it's like it's uh, it's always professionals mm-hmm. on some level mm-hmm. and th- this is the argument i've always had with people in florida is just like there are a lot of dudes in Florida who are comedians. There aren't a lot of comics. The hobby comics. The hobby comics. Yeah. Right? There, there's a lot of people where it's like, 
this dude knows his knows his game. He's been at this forever. He's a local legend, which means he's now a big fish in a small pond. Yep. So we either need to expand the pond or you fry gotta, that fish. Right, yeah, it's like you gotta go. <laughs> like that's you know, and to Chris's point is like so many people just choose to leave to a bigger pond and it's mm-hmm. like if we really wanted to, we could spend the time digging a little deeper, building a little bit more, and make this a bigger pond. Yeah. But for whatever reason, you know, we choose not to. I've no. noticed as the pond expands is where you get more of those hobby comics. And yeah. that's why right now, because we have a smaller scene, we've got this high-quality group of comics because we only had one mic to go to so the people that want to do it were out searching for it and driving to it once a week and now driving to orlando to get mics in and now we're building mics here it's all guys that are dedicated to the craft but what i want brevard comics to really recognize is look how far people come from to do pineapples yeah yeah and i think again as the word gets out about mugsies more yeah it'll be the same situation and I think we need a couple more because Blind Lion is the same way. People travel far and wide to come perform at Blind Lion, which is a paid showcase, so it's different. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, I think we get a few more of those, and then it becomes, all right, this is now a destination place. We should I, – I think every shit city should shoot for three open mics or shows or <coughs> something mm-hmm. a night. Mm-hmm. You, you know – the number of times that you and I have been like, all right, we're going to want to get in a car and drive Ugh. two hours yeah. to do <laughs> five minutes where I go, like, this is insanity. Yeah. This is a mental illness. And it's like, <laughs> but I but can. LOL was worth the trip. Right. Man. And yeah. I can oh, check off LOL because it's like, hey, we went there. It was a great pond. Yeah. Right. And we and crushed. We, we crushed. Great pond. And we spent those two hours writing. Mm-hmm. You know? Because the destination was worth it, and the people going to that destination were worth it. And I go, if you told me there were three clubs in that area, Mm -hmm. or like three spaces, this exact same strength as LOL, I would hands down be like, oh, this has turned from like a mental illness into like a nervous tick. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of that area, real quick... um, did you go on Friday to check out Long Live Vintage's mic? Yes. Okay. Is that the same mic that they're going to be doing on Wednesdays? I don't think so. Different venue, hopefully, because I saw some some footage. It looked kind of weird. So my my understanding of the venue is like the one that they did on Friday, uh, which I think that was like me, Kyle, and uh, Preach. Preach. Yeah, was like it. It was in a bowling alley. Oh my god. Like, <laughs> Like, it was one of those things of, like, you know, I think that was, like, the first time they did it in that space. And, you know, they're trying to build up things and yada, yada, yada. And it's, like, reasonably, if you did close all the doors and you told people this is a show, Mm -hmm. yada, 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 you know, like, you you can't really hear the pins getting knocked down in the next Mm -hmm. room. You are dealing with, like, the fact that this is in, like, a mall you know, like yeah. a, a dying mall <laughs> where you're essentially looking around and you're like, there are a lot of kids under four running around at like <laughs> nine o'clock on a Friday night. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And but s- like, so now the trip to Winter Haven is a little bit more worth it because you can go hit LOL first 
and then Long Live Vintage starts their mic right after that, uh, and yeah. you can make a two-hour drive two mics instead of one mic. Yeah, yeah even good. though LOL by itself is such a great venue and worth <coughs> the trip. No, yeah, having that awesome. extra mic is nice, yeah. and yeah. it's fifteen-minute drive, so it's a whole different audience. You can do your same five or different five, mix it up. Yeah, and that hustle is real, like not. Uh, yeah, fucking name dropper. There, there's a dude named Jared Waters, funny as fuck. Mm-hmm. He's a New York comic. One of the things I love. He runs shows down here now, right? No. Oh, that's uh, a different Jared Waters. I, well, I think there's one here in the area that runs okay. shows, but it's not the guy. <laughs> I'm saying Jared Waters. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one, one of the things that I love is like, you know, we've known each other forever, and like I still follow his Snapchat. And when you look through his Snapchat, he's legit being like, this is Mike one of seven. <laughs> this is, you know, and like you'll see him riding his bike from show to show to show. Yeah. And it's like, I would love that. That's for so Florida. alien to me. If you could go, hey, man, here's Long Live Vintage. Here's LOL. Here's Red Caps. Here's your health insurance specialist whatever you know yeah. like, <laughs> do, like and be like hey we did these four shows Yo. even if you have to pay five dollars to do each show yeah. to your point i go i, well, I don't mean for comics to pay i mean the audience yeah. either way no i don't think like, i hate when comics have to pay i, hate I mean i kind of go either way because to kind of to your earlier point of like it separating people i go the comic who's willing to pay five bucks to perform actually wants to do it right actually wants to do it <laughs> as opposed to the hobbyist who's like mm, but i could no, go I do a free uh yeah. but that's a that's a separate thing yeah. uh my point is is if you could do four of those in a night i go i would love if dream. florida had that going on you know because again that's where you know, we're doing this five minutes at a time, yeah. you know, and it's like you're never going to get to doing 30 minutes solid yep. if you go, I did five minutes on Monday and that's <laughs> all I got in for this week. <laughs> but here's the here's the part where and I again, this is a part of the conversation actually we had um, over the weekend of how comics don't one of the things that comics don't take advantage of is the sort of the art side of comedy right so one of the thing i never understood is like pineapples in the ugali arts district mm-hmm. right and i don't I, maybe i'm a hypocrite because i don't know how the best way to do it but the arts district there's like a board that runs all that kind of stuff and i think if we were to approach them as hey this is the comedy scene mm-hmm. in Brevard County, and we are running shows as a part of the. That is now an asset to the Ugali Arts District. Right. It legitimizes them as an arts district. Right. We have the paintings. We have you know. They've got a music musicians, store down there. Yep. And we have comedy shows that happen down here. It becomes a piece of that, and I think comics we do a bad job as a as a species. <laughs> of tapping into some of those things that I think if you're a little more professional in the way you approach it, mm-hmm. you can get a lot of support. So, I mean, for example, I, I had the idea of, you know, doing a Brevard County comedy festival. Mm-hmm. Well, when Duncan was doing his show, his um, 20 year anniversary, I ended up talking to the guy that's on the board of the Galley Music Festival. 
And through talking to him, he was like, you know, we already have a music festival that happens right here. Mm-hmm. It would just be a matter of tapping into the same sponsors, the same infrastructure, and just switching out the bands for stand-up comics. You've already got the template. Yeah. yeah. And now, Ugali Arts District has a music festival and a comedy festival. Yeah. That's one thing you can really give this area as a whole is, like, people joke about there being, like, nothing to do in, like, the Palm Bay area, which is, like, (laughs) it's weird because it's both kind of true and not. Yeah. Palm Bay in particular has nothing to do. Right. Now you got to come to Melbourne. Melbourne, yeah. But even in Melbourne, you know, like, people will be like, eh, you know, like, there's not much to do. But it's, like, when you look at a calendar, it's always like, oh, well, we got – there's nothing to do here, but there's, like, the burger battle that's, like, yeah. May 13th. And, you know, there's, like, Rib City, which is next month, and, like, <laughs> the fri- like Fish Friday, which is... And it's just, like... So you have a fucking festival going on Every each weekend. month, <laughs> yeah. right, for a different thing. But, like, we can't get together and do, like, an art... Th- now, I will also say... I, you know, since coming here, I have approached some of the arts, like, groups and stuff like that to be like, hey, you know, like, what about doing comedy or whatever? And, like, the two or three people that I've talked to, like, with any seriousness have been like, oh, no, we don't do that. Yeah. And it's just like, but I why? think also, <laughs> But I think also that has to do with comedy's reputation in our local area. Yes, that may be people's fair. Those people's experience has probably been, you know... I'm, I'm thinking that area. I think Steagles is right around there. And that open mic shit that was running at Steagles <laughs> when yeah. I first started, that might have been their experience. And they're like, oh, no. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So I think if we, A, again, change the reputation and do a better job of, you know, strategically marketing, you know, what we're doing. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, my vision, I would love. Because I, th- I think downtown Melbourne, even more so than the Ugali Arts District, because the Ugali Arts District is so small. Yeah, you get way more foot traffic. There's in way Melbourne. more foot traffic in downtown Melbourne. I think we should have, honestly, a mic. I think two mics a night in the down yeah. in downtown Melbourne would work it's at doable. two different venues. Yeah. So my vision would be two mics a night, and then um, I wanted to approach um, the Jesus Christ Hotel Melby. Mm-hmm about running a show at their rooftop thing. Oh, that'd be so right, cool. Yeah. So that, that would be, be so the, cool. but now that would be the kind of thing where we have Mike's running in downtown Melbourne and then the Dean Napolitano's, the James Yon's, the, you know. Christopher Robinson's. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I know you didn't want to say <laughs> this all. <laughs> like an asshole. Are then doing paid showcase shows at the rooftop at Hotel Melby on a, you know, yeah. whatever night. Well, I, I think for a healthy comedy scene, what really what it looks like on average is Monday through Wednesday, maybe Monday through Thursday, you're having open mics. mics. Yep. And then as later you get on into the week, that's when you start getting showcases. And then come Friday, Saturday, Sunday is when you should have shows. Even if they're all one-nighters, it should be, okay, Chris Robinson's on the 8 o'clock show at Hotel Melby. And then he's also got another one-nighter booked at, let's say, Bar. I reached out to Fubar actually trying to get a show. Oh, did you really? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It was a while ago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, That's another one that I think would be a great venue. To get like a show show? 
Uh, or a mic or it's whichever. Right. Outside, inside. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I think a mic would probably work better there. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was thinking. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 the last time I was there, I was like, showcase. Yeah. Because I go like... Mm, Toward the back, maybe? Maybe, but I go like, that space feels like it's healthy enough for like four people to do like a solid 20 minutes each. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then be like, all right, cool, like we're done. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, so that way like you can filter out and like the people who come in get the like... Oh yeah, dude! Like we just missed something amazing, and yeah. the people who were there beforehand go like, "Oh man, you missed something amazing." And it is closer <laughs> to know? the center of the strip, so you're going to get a lot more foot traffic. Yeah. Where Muggsy's right. is kind of yeah. like way down on. And the And somebody end. told me, um, uh, was it uh, Hurricane Creek? Would be a good one to reach out to. If Maybe. we could, if we yeah. could get a show, that would be great because they already they got that floor, they got a little stage, a little DJ booth, mm-hmm. they've got everything for it. It'd just be a matter of picking a night where there's not line dancing going yeah. on. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're going to piss off all the rednecks yeah, 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 cut yeah, out yeah, a line yeah. dancing night, which is like, I think it's I think it's Wednesday through Saturday and Sunday at line dancing all night. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been but, a few times. But that's, <laughs> kind, of, that's kind of my point, though, is like when you get a, like a healthy scene, yeah. towards the weekend should be, these are professional shows. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is... Sunday night, we cut out line dancing, but we brought you Tim the Dairy Farmer. Yeah, yeah, right. Who's gonna fucking rock your redneck socks off? <laughs> yeah, but right? well, here's well, here's here's what I think would be cool though. Let's say, like, pineapple starts in Ugali at what eight? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Hurricane Creek show started at nine, same night. Because then, you have a lineup of comics traveling from. Port St. Lucie, Orlando, Daytona to do mm-hmm. pineapples. Imagine if they had two good showcases to yeah. do that night. It'd be more enticing to make the trip. Yeah, yeah. people that, would come from all over the state to do that run. That that's the reason why I say uh eight and ten. Yeah. They go eight eight o'clock. I just think ten might be hard for downtown Melbourne. Maybe it starts to die. Yeah. Well I mean quickly. like so it depends the, on the like, night. Yeah. yeah. Depends on that because Friday, Saturday, people are out there till two a.m. That's I true. Live walking distance, man. People are. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. true. And so at ten o'clock, you get that experience with the drunk crowd. You yeah. get that <laughs> well, so that, th- that's the reason why I always argue eight and ten because I go eight o'clock's enough for the early show right. at any venue, and ten o'clock's enough for you to start doing that bullshit thing you see all the time of like it's the secret show. Yeah. <laughs> people <laughs> swear on this one as though they weren't <laughs> saying fuck at the show beforehand. Yeah, you, you can know. fill seats and you can. Fuck with drunk people, right? You know, <laughs> and I, I, you know, again, a, a healthy thing should be, you know, <clears> to <throat> Chris's point and you know everyone's point is like you should have like two or three open mics that you're able to go to, followed by like a show later that you're on building week, for. You know, what yeah. I mean, yeah. So that way, it's like, okay, cool. Matt did the fucking Foo Bar showcase on Thursday, mm-hmm. and he got his fifty bucks. And now he's doing the feature spot on, you know, like the Snortaline show on <laughs> on fucking Friday night, you know, <laughs> and like there he's making. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me see here. I'm trying to think. No, but yeah, I think that that's. I think downtown Melbourne is perfect for that. I mean, I, I think the Ugali Arts District is also perfect for that. There's just way less foot traffic. Yeah. I think if we can create a pineapple similar situation in downtown Melbourne, mm-hmm. I think that's a game changer. Because even, 
even more so than Coco Village, because Coco Village, I think, is an older crowd. Yeah. Downtown Melbourne is more younger, younger people. And I'm trying to think what is in downtown Melbourne that's the size of a pineapples or bigger. Did you guys so like Iron Oak as a venue? It's an awesome venue. Okay, because I thought so as well. Oh, it was run horribly. <laughs> okay. Oh. So and I, to the point where I think the people potential. that run it are probably burnt out. Yeah. To where they wouldn't want to do comedy. If, I mean, they still do, obviously they still do shows over there because yeah, 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 they have yeah. that room. But yeah. So th- this is the reason why I was talking to that Civic Center about setting up a thing. Because okay, I go, Civic Center. Yeah, because I go, when you just look at spaces where comedy is available, mm-hmm. you know, I'm selling talks with them about it, but it's like when you look at spaces where comedy is available, it's like you could drive 45 minutes to go to Gregory's mm-hmm. or you could drive 45 minutes to an hour to go to Orlando or you could drive two to three hours to go to Miami. <laughs> Which yeah. means that there's a sp- there's a blank spot on a Thursday, Friday, s- Saturday, Sunday night mm-hmm. where there's nothing, and you're telling me we haven't filled that space. Yeah. Now, blind well, blind line is in the same space as Gregory's. Yeah, like you'd be driving forty five minutes for that. Mm-hmm. You know, pineapples. Now that they're doing the probe show, I go like that's that's a good sign. Yeah, you know. Yeah. But again, they're just doing that. I think it's like once a month now. Once a month, Thursday. I go. The fact that you know, to Chris's point, the fact that we haven't built a thing where it's like cool. There are shows, actual shows. Because the thing is, once a month requires a person to keep track of when that once a month is. Mm-hmm. Right. If it's Thursdays, it's just in people's head. That Thursdays, this is where we are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. And that makes a that makes a huge difference. So if we have something else going on in that area Thursdays, regularly, then well, no, I think I think we leave that to let pineapples okay. grow to once a yeah to to every week. I, yeah, I, I think I think that's the plan. I think yeah. go twice yeah. a month yeah. and then. I think you. I think you. If you, at least the th- plan that I'm aiming for is, mm-hmm. I go if you open a show, it should be a Friday Saturday right uh in the area yeah because i go there's not like come friday night there's nothing yeah that's when show people make wise. plans anyways mm-hmm. you know come saturday night there's nothing <clears throat> show wise except for gregory's except for you know further up north and i, I go guess. if you can offer even madcap so that's still do, it's a drive it's a drive they do their weekend shows right yeah. oh, I, but 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 we're looking at it from the perspective of comics yeah from yeah. the perspective of an audience, if you live in this area, Madcaps isn't on your radar. Yeah, no. you know what I mean. Yeah. So for the audience, that's why, man. I'm. T- we got to work on downtown Melbourne. Yeah. I think downtown Melbourne has a huge potential to be because I mean, if you think about it, what do they have in downtown Melbourne? There's no movie theater down there. Mm-hmm. There's yeah, bands perform, but it's like bands you never heard of. It's bars and bands. And yeah. Yep. And it's like, man, if you gave them one other thing, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Right. And Muggsy's is the proof because Muggsy's hasn't been around for that long. Yeah. And Muggsy's is an open mic with open micers. Yeah. So that means that if, if there's that kind of support ready for Muggsy's, you bring in a showcase, you know, right. on, a, on a Friday night at a decent venue down there. Mm-hmm. Now it's something. Yeah. And, and, it, oh, sorry. and to go to your earlier point of like pricing it, it's like. There's a big difference between going, 
hey, you came out to an open mic on Thursday that you really liked, and now there's a showcase with some of those comics doing longer material. It's only fifteen bucks, yeah, to get in. It's yeah. only ten bucks to see. All right, cool. So Matt's not doing new material. Matt's doing his stuff that works. Yeah, yeah. You know, and we're blessed in that downtown Melbourne is not a cheap area. It doesn't oh, yeah. have that vibe of everything's free and it's dive bars. Mm-hmm. It has a vibe of people coming with money in their pocket. Yeah, yeah. And a I mean? nice variety of different types of bars. Yeah, we've got a we've got a sushi restaurant right there. Yeah, right next to a Fiesta Bar and Grill. Yeah. <laughs> right next to a cigar bar. Like yeah. we got, yeah. they got everything right there. Oh, that what? would be interesting. How big is a cigar bar? It's not that big. I think I've there's been, enough been, room I've in the back. In you could probably it's do a, a mic. Yeah, yeah. I, I've been in there before. It, it's a nice space. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if they would be super like. I feel like you could do like a jazz and jokes kind of thing. Yeah, if you set it up right. But that's something you really. Gotta no, but like the cigar bar would have to be a, a a paid showcase with professionals. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. But I think again, just again, like the pro comics. I'm just thinking about a show with. You know, yeah. a pro like a pro uh, a quality feature, quality headliner mm-hmm. in a cigar bar in downtown Melbourne is something that I think people would come out to on a regular right. basis and pay twenty bucks to go to. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think so. I think the average price ticket wise is twenty five to thirty. Yeah. And this is something that I've been debating about when I've been talking about the Civic Center is because like. Every time I've, you, you know that thing where you're like, as a comic, you're just walking through the world and then like you see a poster out of the corner of your eye and you're like, oh, I know what that poster is. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I keep on spotting them all the time in the area where it's like, this is four black comics <laughs> on a show at somebody's church. Yep. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's like, I don't understand why that isn't a thing. Thing regularly in this area. No. You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand why on a front, you know, and credit where credit's due, you know, like Jimmy and Judd and all those guys do have their shows, and that's fantastic. But I go, why don't we have a Friday night show? Mm-hmm. Why, why aren't, why isn't James Yawn coming to Melbourne? On a Friday, on a Friday night. night, I I'm to working do on it, but I can't. Yeah, we're get so, the we're first building. Spot. We're building rapport. Yeah, right. at the very I'm, least. I'm trying. Well, no, there's a there's a there's a there's a venue that I I'm trying to get into. At O'Gallon. Um, yeah, yeah. That I God, I wanted. Yeah. My thing is that's the improv spot, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't uh, funky want. Dog? Yeah, 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 I don't, yeah. I don't want to run a room, but I'll run the right room. Yeah, you know, and if it was that one, and if it was that right one, room. I would do it. And if there's, you know, I don't know, like a hur- Hurricane Creek or whatever in downtown right. Melbourne yeah. or something like that. Because the other thing that I think downtown Melbourne would be good for, and I I realize you're right about the time. I think a ten thirty show, where now it's a different animal. Yeah, it's a. These are the wild drunk people, and you're doing <laughs> crowd work, and it's rowdy and all of that. Yeah. Because um, I, I want to also I want to find somewhere to do like a it's weird to call it that, but like a Def Jam night. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that they don't do around here, and this is a comedy culture thing, 
and we got to end it's an hour and 40 i know we're just coming up on two <laughs> but um we don't do the i guess this is also a, a black versus white thing okay none of the comedy shows have a dj like a mm. real fucking DJ yeah. that's playing music for real before the show and then playing music in between comics like for real, not just somebody on Spotify, turn the volume up and turn the volume down. Yeah. Like an actual DJ, right? You and I think plenty of them <laughs> in the local area. Yeah. yeah. It's just a matter of hiring them. Yeah, and I mean I think I think a show at even like like somewhere like debauchery if you had a, a late show on a Friday at debauchery with a proper DJ yeah. to get people rowdy and then the comic goes up debauchery and just is rowdy all yeah, and, right. then, and then just goes to war you get to go to war with the fucking audience Yo, because the other that'll thing that'll test your yeah, well that's my point metal right there the other thing is our scene needs variety for the comics to grow right okay. we don't have a black room the entire county yeah. doesn't have a single black room to be fair i don't know if the entire county has a single black person mm-hmm. <laughs> that's <laughs> a lot of a lot of our especially downtown melbourne a lot of the people come from beachside yeah it's a bunch yeah. of old white people coming over yeah. from beachside yeah and uh yeah somebody in bavard county needs to start a black room Somebody in Bavard County needs to start a late night room where people are. Because I mean, like right now, you go up on Pineapples, and Jimmy does a really good job of protecting the comics from hecklers and yep. that sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, he's very good at that. But what happens is the comics in our area don't have anywhere to go where they're in hot water. Yeah, yeah, and it's and you gotta you gotta you gotta climb out of that you hole. Gotta get thrown to they the wolves. Yeah, they don't, we don't have that. Yeah. So like, all right, let's get one of those. To be fair. When Winfield's was running, yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> it was it was there wasn't really that much. But there was no audience. Yeah. So imagine but Winfield's energy with a hundred people in the room. Right. We, we actually had to take the wireless mic to the bar yeah, to yeah. get that energy <laughs> yeah. from the people at the bar. Yeah, they and didn't want to hear from us. Right. Yeah. And that, that's pulling teeth. But again, it does make you better. Yep. Yeah, absolutely, like, we, it did. We went there and we fucking fought with these drunk <laughs> assholes and the bartenders, right? And the bartenders, <laughs> you know. Uh, uh. I, I don't know. I I would think that if anything, this should be if to who whatever man, woman, child, th- Zimzazer yeah. in between is listening right now. This is your call to action. Yeah. Go out and start an open mic. Yeah. <laughs> like, did you see the video of Preach doing a coin flip with a patron at the bar at Winfield's for twenty bucks? No. Dude was drunk out of his <laughs> mind, and Preach talked him into flipping a coin for, for the twenty bucks that he dropped on the floor, <laughs> and he won. <laughs> Preach won. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. Did he cheat him at that though? Wasn't he like? It, it was heads up, Winfield. All right, so really quickly, does anybody, you got any plugs coming up? Yeah, okay, so Jimmy and I are starting a advice show at no. the end of the month. It's going to be at Space Swap. It's called Asking for a Friend. Okay. Um, it will be the inaugural voyage of the show. It's, it's mainly improv, and the premise is people come in, they sit down, they write down problems that could use a, a second pair of eye or a third pair of eyes, an extra opinion. You don't want to go pay a mediator or anything like oh, that. Oh, so this isn't necessarily even comics. This, or is, this, this is, is comics on stage. It's yeah. going to be me, Jimmy, and Anthony Papali. Okay. We sit on stage. The the crowd Papali comes in. Papali was leaving us. He's leaving in October. Oh, okay. So we're we're soaking up what we can yeah. in because he's <laughs> such a good comic. Um, 
and they write down on an index card an issue they have at home, roommate, family member, relationship, whatever. They put it in the bucket, we pull it out, we riff on it, and hopefully help them solve their problem, but kind of in an improv fun kind of way. So okay. I'm really looking forward to and how that turns going, out. And that's just live, or is that going to be recorded? It'll be live. Um, I don't know... The situ- the recording situation right now. Mm-hmm. I want to record it if I have the opportunity to. Um, it, I think it would make a great YouTube yeah. uh, YouTube show. Um, but as far as the first night, we're going to kind of feel things out and see where it goes from there. But they've mm-hmm. got us going twice a month, I believe. Starting oh, that'd be cool. Starting the end of the month. Congratulations, May thirty first. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Excited. Uh, yeah. You got anything, Rafiq? Uh, nah, not at this point. Uh, I fucking slacked off on booking this month. <laughs> yeah, same. I'm just doing yeah. mics. Well, now we are. All right, now that we got the bullshit out the way. Here we go. So, Thursday. <laughs> oh, the bullshit. Here we go. And now we got the small Yeah, yeah hold on. Uh, <laughs> the bullshit. Okay. So, Thursday. Uh, this Thursday, the 18th, I will be, let's see where this is, Claremont, Florida, featuring for Al Ernst. That's going to be a great show. And then, Friday and Saturday, I'm going to be headlining the corner in Orlando, the Bonkers Room. Okay. So I have, I think it's 8 p.m. Uh, what am I looking at? Yeah, Friday and Saturday night. I'm going to be at Bonkers. Um, and if you guys, are you guys doing anything Friday or Saturday? No. No. If you want to do a guest spot, I will get that organized. Hey, put me on. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. All right. So, yeah, I will get that done tomorrow. So, so now I there. have something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Friday. <laughs> yeah, I got to close to the mic again. <laughs> So uh, yeah, so this will be this will, this is my first weekend headlining for Bonkers, so this will be a Sweet. lot of fun. And then yeah. I'm trying, well, I'm trying to get in good with Bonkers because I want to do their Vegas rooms because they have rooms in Florida, yeah, but they have a bunch of rooms out in Vegas, yeah. So I'm trying to get in there so I can do some Vegas stuff. It's like a chain we'll comedy club, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah th- but they just have a pop up drop, right? yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yeah, no, it'll be very cool. Uh, remind me after the show to tell you tell you about a dude out in Vegas who you might want to meet. Okay, definitely. Uh, all right. Yeah, well, yeah, let's close it. All right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. All right. So again, this has been the Funny Style Podcast. I'm your host Chris Robinson, and as always, please subscribe to the podcast. Share it with a friend. Share it with any comic that you know, especially new comics, because I find that um, a lot of people that are listening they say they're learning stuff from listening to the podcast, so it's great. Um, also, check out my album. It's called The Sixty Forty Rules. Um, I used to say available on Spotify, but I'm an idiot for saying that. It's available everywhere. So Apple Music, Pandora, all those places, anywhere where you can get an album, you can find my album, The, the 6040 Rules. Thank you so much, and good night.